0: The Spanish Announce Table. Hello and welcome to the Spanish Announce Table. Again, I am T Mac, Tom, rolling solo with you once more. Uh, Tim is out handling some business. I was away for two weeks on my honeymoon. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Had a great time, Uh, went to travel overseas. Uh, For those new time listeners, as I like to call you, uh, we're based here in the United States, specifically Kansas City, right there. There it is, right there. Um, And me and my wife, uh, we got married in 2020, but because of the pandemic, we were just now able to travel international, uh, took a trip over to the UK and Ireland. I found that out. I didn't know that there was a difference because I've got the mind of a drunk baby uh but yeah we did uh london up to york uh, then we did uh glasgow and scotland uh and then we did some other things there then we moved over to ireland went to belfast then went down to dublin and came back went to bath uh then went to stonehenge and made our way back to london so a nice little trip honeymoon vacation whatever you want to call it uh and now we're back And we are back with uh, some great, wacky, weird, and wonderful wrestling to talk about. And last night was AEW Dynamite. It was an okay show. Not gonna say it was a stellar, memorable, hey, everyone, go check it out right now kind of uh, match or moment or overall show, but it happened. It wasn't bad. I didn't hate it. I did not, I've never hated. Uh, an episode of AEW Dynamite. Just That's a shoot, brother, as they say. Uh, they've always been enjoyable, some more than others, but last night was good. But again, not on the higher end of the best shows that they've ever put on. Uh, so we're going to recap that. And then we're also going to do some backlash picks because again, I'm rolling solo. There's not a lot of banter I can do. So I need to fill time because I don't want to just give you a 10 minute episode and then we're in and out. Because I want to talk to you a little bit longer than that. So I'm going to try to give you some some of my WWE WrestleMania Backlash 2022 picks. Full disclosure, I don't watch every week. And that's because I don't always enjoy the show. So I don't watch things that I don't necessarily like. Now, with that being said, I do keep tabs on WWE because of social media, because of uh, similar tweets that I've liked in the past. Then I see WWE content and you know things of that nature. Uh, so if something interests me, then I'll click on it and I'll do some research, then I might watch a match or watch a segment. So it's not as if I'm going into it completely blind. However, if you're wanting you know the minutia and the details of each little Mad Cat Moss and Baron Corbin or Happy Corbin, uh, you know, detail, I'm not going to give you that. Going to tell you what I think of the match. Going to tell you my expectations of it. And for fun, I'll think, hey, I'll tell you who's going to win, right? Again, we don't fact check here. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, as we've told you in the past, uh, this is just a conversation. If you were walking into a bar or to any type of, you know, drinking establishment and you sat next to me and said, you like wrestling? I'd say yes, and then you'd probably most likely hear this kind of banter. So uh, usually, like I said, Tim is on the other side. That's what you typically hear. But again, tonight, Owen's solo. So with all that being said, uh, I will tell you, first off, thank you so much for uh, either tuning in uh, to your podcast listening platform or uh, checking out us on the YouTube or Twitter or whatever social media platform you can see me on. Um, and so let's get right into it. Was AEW Dynamite as I mentioned last night and it kicked off with the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Qualifier. Whew. Side note, I would say maybe let's uh, find an acronym for these tournaments cuz that's a that's a mouthful. But it featured two of the oldest competitors in the tournament or I guess in the qualifying tournament. Uh Bobby Fish and Jeff Hardy, and this was men of a certain age engaging in a fist fight, and it was fun. I, you know, again, like I said, nothing to write home about. I'm not going to tell you to stop the podcast, go listen to it now, or go watch it now. Nothing like that. Uh, but it was fun. They did, they did, they did their thing, right? They got their shit in, as they say. Uh, it was really good. Uh, you had uh, Adam Cole come out before the match to be on commentary, commentary, be a commentator. I talk for a living. Um, and then, yeah, we got Bobby Fish, Jeff Hardy. They did their match. Jeff Hardy, I think we all predicted was gonna win, and he won, so that was fun. And now, next week, kind of uh, doing a little foreshadowing here, he gets to take on Darby Allen in the Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament. And that's, I think, a dream match for a lot of the emo kids, right? That Jeff Hardy's never been my guy. Darby Allen isn't one of my guys. I like both of them as far as sure, but I don't have any Jeff Hardy or Darby Allen merchandise. I'm not going to go, you know, seek their, uh, you know, for Darby Allen's case, independent matches that he had back in Evolve. You know, I've seen them, but like, I don't like go watch them again. And same with Jeff Hardy, everything he's done has been fine. I know there's certain segments of the IWC that absolutely adore Jeff Hardy. And that's great wrestling's big enough to where we can all like our certain thing and not have to hate on the other thing that's how i feel about the match i think it's going to be fun i think like i said people who i know that watch wrestling are going to geek out as soon as they you know engage in that match and so that's fun it's always fun to see a dream match for certain people so we'll see what happens uh but going back to last night jeff hardy got the uh got the victory bobby fish got the loss And then we went right into the the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, It was fun. They showed this vignette um, before the match with William Regal talking about the scars that they want to leave and the training of the Blackpool Combat Club. Incredible. More of that. You know, I think we all can say that WWE does the absolute best of the vignettes promo packages, you know, whatever you want to call that. They, they are the standard bearer. They are the absolute cream of the crop. But this wasn't bad. And if you can comp- and if you can produce more of this, well, A.W., I think you're onto something because that was great. Uh, so that led into the match. It was, again, the Blackpool Combat Club taking on Butcher, Blade, and Angelico. I'm never sure how to say his name, but I think I nailed it. And this was, again, nothing outstanding you know nothing crazy as far as a a upset win by butcher blade and angelico blackpool combat club they got in they did their stuff it was violent i liked it i like violence and that's what i got with this i will say and i've said this maybe on past episodes i believe but butcher and blade homegrown talent to me because i don't know them from any other promotion so they are AEW. um you know day one type of talents for me and i like them but i need to see them win like they have such a great presentation they look cool it's a cool name you could do some fun things with enhancing the craziness that is just saying the butcher and the blade as a tag team but now it just seems like Week in, week out. Hey, who's the team that we need to lose? Or who's the individual in the Butcher's case last week losing to Wardlow? You know, you get those two guys or one of those guys. And it's just sad. I think they're better than what they're given. And I think they could be presented better uh, than what they're being presented right now. Uh, I wouldn't hate it if we're going to be just building out uh, factions because, you know, gang wars, as they say in AEW, is the hot thing. And I like it because uh wrestlers have friends so do i not too many but so do i but if you put butcher in the blade since they're there's there's they're just mercenaries here just going from you know uh, eddie kingston to matt hardy to now um andrade throw them in there with House of black house of black isn't doing s- spit right now they are underwhelming and we'll get to that in just a moment uh, but Butcher and the Blade, throw them in the House of Black. They fit in, you know, hand in glove. I think it would be great. But going back to the Blackpool Combat Club, it was good. It was violent. Again, the promo package beforehand was awesome. I will say, though, let's get to it. You know what I mean? We beat up some people. We did the whole Willer Utah joins the group, and that's great. So, what's next? Now we've done three weeks, I think, of this of just beating up enhancement talent, for lack of a better term. And that's cool. But is there someone that's going to challenge them? Are they going to recruit another um, young wrestler, you know, uh, um, a Lee Moriarty, you know, someone like that? I don't know. But I know I want to see something. I think I'm. I'm understanding that they are a badass group. They have told me that multiple weeks. They have shown it in the ring. So now let's get to the stories, right? So uh, again, nothing bad about this, but let's move on to the next thing for all involved. Uh, Let's see here. After the match, Tony Schiavone is backstage with Team Taz. Taz. Uh, Starks says that they aren't scared of Jurassic Express. And so Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Christian uh, comes up and says, that sounds like fun. Let's spice things up before uh, Team Taz gets a shot at the championships. Uh, why doesn't uh, old uh, Jungle Boy get a shot at uh, the FTW championship? And so Starks is like, sure, let's do it, pal. Uh, so that match is going to happen. couple things about this segment. One, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are your champion, but they're not going against the best acts in the tag team division, right? I would say Blackpool Combat Club, Moxley and Danielson. That would be more entertaining. You still got the Young Bucks who can still put on, you know, fun matches. They're EVPs. So, you know, they're going to get all the bells and whistles with whatever program they want to do. I know they beat Red Dragon, but you could do that again. Uh, there, there's teams above Team Taz that I think uh, Jurassic Express should be going up against. And so it feels like the champions are the like sixth most important tag team in the tag team division. And then Team Taz, although, yes, they've won a couple matches here recently. I don't know if they're the number one contenders. So I don't know. And then also with the FTW Championship, look, we'll we'll get to it in the main event because that was the Ring of Honor Women's Championship match, right? But now if you've got the Ring of Honor titles, which is the TV that we've seen in the um, women's and now the Heavyweight Championship, those are three titles there. Then you already have the AEW Championships, which is the World Heavyweight Championship, the Tag Team Championship, uh, the TNT Championship. Then you have this FTW, like there's too many things. So FTW title seems like the least important of all of it. So I don't know why we're still doing this because if you remember the genesis of the FTW title, it was Taz and ECW saying, I'm the uncrowned champion. I'm being held down by this promotion. So I'm going to show you that I am championship material. Here's the belt to prove it. It's the fuck the world championship. Right? Like, that's the that's at the heart of what the title is. But if you've got just Ricky Starks having it on his shoulder, just walking around, you know, snapping and beating up people at his, you know, own free will, not going after the heavyweight champion, I don't know what we're doing with this belt. So have Jungle Boy win it and then destroy it. I wouldn't hate that. The other thing I would say, and I said this on Twitter, uh, if you don't know, during Dynamite and during Rampage, I live tweet from our Twitter page at Table Show. Please uh, follow to see all my fun tweets and thoughts in real time. But what I said there is that, you know, it's, I don't know, here. Let me try to think it, about how, to, how I want to say this here. Team Taz are heels, right? We got that. What is Hook? Because Hook comes out of the heel, you know, entrance, right? We've established heels come out of one entrance, baby faces come out of the other. If you notice, Hook is coming from the heel entrance every single time. But now he's doing this fun thing with Danhausen, which I really enjoy, but that gets some cheers. And then we're not seeing him anymore with Team Taz. So, What are we doing with Team Taz? Is Team Taz now just Starks and Hobbs? Because that's fine. I'm okay with that. But then explain why Hook isn't there. Or have Hook hang out with his friends again. I just, I don't get why we're not seeing the three of them together anymore. It was like he started handing out chips to everyone. That got over. And then we've just moved him away from Team Taz. Just everything's gone away. You see Taz clap for him when he does his matches, but that's it. And so... I need something there. Maybe that's the next thing that they do after this uh, tag team title match is explain what Hook is in Team Taz and we flush out whatever should be happening next. But I don't know. Let me know what your your thoughts are. Uh, You can uh, tweet us at table show or you can use hashtag tweet the table. Uh, Send us a tweet. We'll read it here on the show. Uh, But yeah, let me know what you think Team Taz is doing with Hook and Team Taz is doing as a whole. All right, so then after the commercial break, sorry about that, hit the mic, uh, Tony Schiafani is backstage with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, and Swerve says, hey, 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 Team Taz, that's cool that you think you're getting tag team championship opportunities, but we're not done with you. We are going to kick your ass. So they're not done. Now, do we easily see a Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland, you know, cost, Team Taz, the Tag Team Championships, wouldn't be shocked. But, you know, with the pay-per-view coming up and matches already being announced, I don't know about you, but I would not hate if you saw a triple threat match for the Tag Team Championships. Champions, Jurassic Express, taking on Team Taz, taking on Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. That would be fun. I would like that. Would elevate, I think, the championship with that much talent in one match too. So, AEW, give it a give it a thought. That's all I'll say. After that backstage segment, we get to what was the most fun of the night, and it is Wardlow. Wardlow is like 1998 Goldberg right now, where he's just one headbutt of a locker away from just getting the Goldberg chance. Obviously, you wouldn't get Goldberg chance, but you get what I'm saying. So he's walking out, he's handcuffed, no music, because MJF says no music, which maybe he should keep, because people are just going nuts when he's walking out there. Uh, he gets in the ring, that MJF comes out, and he says, here's your mystery opponent. It's W. Morrissey, formerly Big Cass. And he looked every bit, of awesome walking down the ring to take on Wardlow. He was ripped, he's obviously seven foot tall. He looked money in this match. I liked what I saw from uh W Morrissey, or again, Big Cass if you remember him from WWE. Uh did really well, and he obviously had a lot of uh pushback from the hey, we want Enzo uh crowd. There was how you doing, chance. There was, we want Enzo, no, we don't chance. And I thought he handled it well. He mocked the little shuffle that Enzo does. Uh, I thought it was really good how he handled the situation. And then Wardlow sold for him. It wasn't a complete squash from Wardlow. It did only take one powerbomb to beat uh, Morrissey, but... These two guys did really good. There was a backflip, I think, or a moonsault backflip from Wardlow, who thought that would ever be a thing, but it was. Uh, And so these guys, you know, they tore it down. They had fun. Like I said, Wardlow got the victory. And then afterwards, it was fun. Afterwards, security comes down to try to handcuff Wardlow and Wardlow, like he's like he's Iron Man, going through you know New York City cops is just taking one down at a time. Just ba 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 ba, they're coming. Like it was almost like a like a zombie movie. You know when the zombies come after the antagonist and the antagonist is just hitting them down one by one. And he's just ba 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 ba. And it was cool. So I like this. This was fun. Wardlow eventually beats security, which I thought was kind of fun too. Uh, And so then MJF comes out and was like, hey, what the hell? You want to do this? You want to match? Fine. But there's stipulations, there's conditions. And next week, we're going to do a contract signing in the greatest place on earth, Long Island. And you can find out what those conditions are. And if you agree to it, you'll sign the contract and we'll do this match. So that'll be great, right? I think that's going to be the segment of the week next week. Obviously, we don't know the entire show, but MJF has been hitting home runs since day one in AEW, and this should be no different than anything else he's done in the past as far as top-caliber entertainment. I wonder what it's going to be, though, because you got MJF in Long Island. Last time he was there, we thought the world of him, right? He He was the bee's knees as far as being in Long Island. But Wardlow's getting cheers everywhere. And he's not getting the like polarization of a CM Punk where there's still people who are like, ah, CM Punk is overrated. CM Punk shouldn't be the face of a company, all that kind of stuff, right? Wardlow's just this up and comer that really, at least from what I'm seeing and hearing, everyone loves, right? It's just kicking people's asses and you want to look like them. You want to be friends with them, you know? Uh, If you're a guy or if you're a girl, you know, who knows? Um, But... I'm curious to see how that whole thing unfolds because does Wardlow get booed? If Wardlow gets booze, how does he handle that? If MJF comes out, but then this is the time he gets booze, does he turn on his hometown? Because he's doing the whole, you know, varsity letter jacket, all the things, you know, that the last time I would imagine he's going to do it again. So we'll see. That's interesting. I'm intrigued. So let's move on. Uh, after that segment, uh, Tony Schiavone is backstage with, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. It was Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, uh, Ruby Soho, Tony Storm. They all agreed that they're not gonna get physical, which is great, I like that. That's a fun little caveat that AEW does, but it was a two second, we're gonna fight and that was it. Okay. I did like Dr. Britt Baker calling herself, Dr. Britt Baker, the history maker. Put that on t t-shirt. I would buy it. I like that. Dr. Britt Baker, the history maker. Thought that was cool. But yeah, so they're going to wrestle on Rampage. We'll see how that goes uh, Friday night. At a special start time. If you're listening to this live, we record on a Thursday, as you know. But if you're listening to this later, uh, we record on a Thursday night. But uh, Rampage will be on at a special time, 4.30 Central, the one true time zone. Uh, So check your local listings of what time that'll be from wherever you're at. Uh, But that should be fun. Excited to see Rampage at an earlier time because I'm old. I don't like when it starts at 9 o'clock. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. So 4.30, sign me up. Uh, So then after the commercial break, Tony Schiavone's in the ring and he introduces the AEW World Heavyweight Champion Hangman Page. Cowboy shits rain down. He's over. He's walking out with the championship. He grabs the microphone and he lets CM Punk know we ain't playing no shit. Pack lunch, put on your big boy pants, because when we fight, we'll be fighting. We ain't doing this masturbation to Bret Hart, which I thought was the great line. He said a masturbatory uh, Bret Hart match, but same same thing, you know, Um Then the crowd kind of, you know, hey, don't talk that bad about CM Punk, but then some were like, cowboy shit. Look, over here, Spanish Downs table, this is cowboy shit territory. Look, right here. You know who's always with me every episode? That guy right there. If you're watching, uh, you'll see that this is Hangman Adam Page. Cowboy shit, 100%. CM Punk, you're fine, but you ain't Hangman. I like this. I like the fire that he shows. I like what he was saying. I like how he called out uh, a guy wearing a CM Punk t-shirt and was like, you're going to want a refund on that because I'm going to butcher this guy or, you know, I'm going to kill him. I don't know what he said, but you get what the gist was. Um, But the interesting thing is, so he says all this, right? The interesting part for me was he's you know, talking his shit on CM Punk but then he gets out of the ring and the last shot you see before they go to the next segment was him kind of looking at himself as if he was trying to convince himself of what he had just said. And we know with the hangman character confidence is very fragile, right? He can be going to beat Kenny Omega at the pay-per-view or he could be, gets kicked out of the bullet club because he has a drinking problem, right? Like it's a, whole spectrum of his of his confidence and he looked as if he was trying to convince himself of what he said more so of like i'm i'm scared of what i'm gonna do to see him punk so that's interesting to me the confidence of the world champion going up against air quotes the best in the world who is also a baby face should be intriguing i like that i'm excited uh, so then after we moved on, after the uh, promo, we get another promo. Uh, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Santam Singh are backstage. Uh, they ask for their red carpet. They say, no, yeah, it's fine. It happened. They're going to be on Rampage. Uh, Jay Lethal's going to wrestle. Cool. Then we get into what I thought was one of the better matches from Chris Jericho recently. It was Chris Jericho taking on Santana. Now Chris Jericho is calling himself the wizard. Uh, if you know anything about him and his wife's personal stances, you might want to call him the Grand Wizard, if you get what I'm saying. Huh? Huh? But we won't go into that. Google it. Uh but yeah, the wizard. Chris Jericho took on Santana and Santana looked great. Chris Jericho did really well as, as well. Uh, Chris Jericho gets the the win. Uh the numbers game catches up to him. Ortiz was trying his best to, you know even out the odds but he also got taken out so it was fine it was good it was a good you know match to have on a kind of weaker episode of dynamite but we didn't get to see eddie kingston and i know eddie kingston took the fireball to the face the previous week but that's the payoff so You know, Jericho and his crew lay out Santana and Ortiz. So I understand what we're doing there, but I'm excited for when Eddie Kingston comes back, have him with an eye patch or have him with third degree burns, wearing like a, a, you know, a mask kind of thing. I don't know, do something fun. Uh, But when Eddie Kingston comes back, that guy right there. Hey, look, there's Hangman right there too. There you go. Um, But yeah, that's the payoff. Eddie Kingston coming back. So I'm excited for that. And then what else do we have here? Samoa Joe just says, Jay Lethal, I'm coming for you. Okay. Uh, and then the gun club are backstage and they confront the Acclaim. And this was the funniest segment of the night. Uh, the gun club, the ass boys, whatever you wanna call them, give the Acclaim scissors. And so then they start scissoring. And that, ah, oh, love it. It was great. I oh, it was so fun. Uh, again, they're going to team up. I Hopefully they have a program. You know, I think that'll be fun. And uh, again, thought that was the funniest part of the show. Now, after that, the show stunk. It just did. I, I'd like to tell you, oh, but this and, and no, it stunk. The Varsity Blondes are out next. Pillman, they're still trying to make a thing he's crap uh the other tall blonde guy they look the part I'm not saying that they don't look the part to be in the company but I've told you before the gimmick's stupid why these two are baby faces when their guys past their prime trying to relive their high school days is beyond me that's a heel gimmick to, to me I don't like those guys you know I, in America any international listeners uh you may not understand this but in America you know So many people uh, at at your local tavern, right? Your local bar will have the never left town high school hero. They'll walk up and show you his high school ring and tell you about the four touchdowns he had against, you know, the, the rival high school Truman or whatever it was. It's Truman here for where I went, but you know, and no one likes that guy. No one likes that guy. So when you have the varsity blondes doing the same shit, Little finger, you. I don't want you to do well. You're annoying. And they were annoying in this. And so, yeah, you know, Pillman says, John Harbaugh, who's the coach of the Baltimore Ravens, was friends with his dad. Yay, local sports team pop. Uh, And then Pillman says, House of Black, let's fight. House of Black comes out. Like, okay, fucking kick your ass. And that's what they did. And then Julia Hart, who we've been building towards doing something had a really good acting performance in the corner. As Malachi Black was cornering her, thought she did amazing, outstanding work. The lip quiver, the shot of her looking scared for her life. Then she gets handed the chair and you think she's gonna turn. And what do we get? She pisses her pants, figuratively. I'm not saying she literally did that figuratively. And nothing happened. And so you get Death Triangle to come out. Julia Hart still does nothing. Varsity Blondes look like dorks, which they are. And House of Black still isn't doing anything. You know, for a group that has one of the cooler entrances in all of pro wrestling, their entrance is fire. I love it. It intrigues me every time. I'm a mark for it. And for that look... They are all sizzle and no steak, if you know what I mean. They are just potential and no substance. I just I'm underwhelmed by everything Malachi Black has done. I like when he brought in Brody King. That was a fun moment. Uh, when he brought in, uh, you know, the other guy with muscles. Okay, but like, gotta do something. You're you're out here beating up the varsity blondes now and Fuego. I don't give a shit, man. And you're not doing anything after you beat them up. That's the other thing too, right? Like if you beat them, kind of like how the Blackpool Combat Club beats you up until you join or until they think you can join. Like beat these, these jabronis up and then make them join your cult, something. But like, I just don't give a shit right now about the House of Black as far as stories go. Again, I'll mark out for that entrance almost every single time. But you guys got to do something. And what you're doing right now, it ain't it. All right. So what do we get here? Jade Cargill with the baddies and Mark Sterling are backstage. And Jade Cargill, I mean, stop the presses. What was she wearing? Woo. I'm not going to say anything more than that, but uh, her outfit made you do a head turn. You know what I mean? It was interesting. Uh, but they're back there, and they're just talking their shit. That's all they did. Nothing crazy. Uh, and they're saying, you know, Cargill says that they'll have two champions in the batty section, period. Cool. Then we get back in the ring, because, again, Death Triangle helped out uh, the Varsity Dorks. Uh Ray Phoenix is still in the ring. So then we get to his match for again, the Owen Hart foundation men's tournament qualifier, Dante Martin, Ray Phoenix. If you love flips and shit, this was your match. I think this was the match of the night for you. I'm not one of those people, but I did appreciate this. The the Spanish fly where they both land on their feet to the hard camera, stare at each other. Great. Uh, again, flips and shits off the chain. As they say, right? I'm young. I'm hit hip, and that's what they say. Off the chain for shizzle. I don't know. I'm old, but it was good. Ray Phoenix got the win. I think that's the perfect guy to get the win. Uh, you know, he got injured not too long ago, but it felt like he was kind of ascending as a single star. Wouldn't hate it if we saw him again, kind of going that way. Because I love Pinta and I love Pac, and Death Triangle's great. But if we're not doing trios titles. I don't necessarily need to see them together all the time. And AEW does a great job of not breaking up factions, but still having the factions, uh, individuals, go do their own thing. So I think we could do that. Uh, so yeah, Ray Phoenix gets the win. Uh, afterwards, Dante Martin and him shake hands, they embrace. So baby face, baby face we're good there. Uh, and then we get the uh, most underwhelming promo maybe in AEW history. It's Darby Allen and Sting, and they're just like, you know, the match writes itself. And Sting says like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. Okay, like was that needed? I don't think so, right? Time is precious in AEW. You don't got like three hour Raws, so I don't think you need fillers. And that felt like a filler with a one-take-they-ain't-got-time-to-do-a-second-take kind of promo. But nonetheless, next week, like I said, Jeff Hardy, Darby Allen, your dream match, not mine, but I'll still like it. Uh, excited to see that next week. And then again, as I mentioned, after uh, the scissoring from the Acclaimed and the Ass Boys, this show got really boring really quick. And next up was Thunder Rosen. She made her entrance to the, you know, entryway. She didn't even get to the ring. And she's great. I love her. I think she's awesome. I like her as champion. But she got the long promo with no Tony Schiavone help. No nothing. Just stand out there, see what you can do. And she didn't do much. And then Serena Deeb comes out. And they just kind of talk around each other of women's are going to be great. Yeah, well, then I'm going to beat you. Well, I'm going to beat you. Well, I think I'm going to beat you. Okay, well, we're going to find out who's the best. So let's let's wrestle at the pay-per-view. Okay, then I will. Here's my title. What? What? You know, ladies, like what was that? Tony Schiavone should have been out there just to help get her you know thunder rosa from point a to point b or help interject between thunder rosa and serena deeb to say like serena what would you like to say in response like something because it was just mumble time with no substance but i'm excited for that match i will say the match and hopefully the physicality leading up to the match is going to be awesome awesome it's gonna be great uh so let's get into now the main event oh wait a minute before we do uh john silver was backstage and he says cm punk wants to dance with the meat man so he's going to take him on uh, in long island john silver from long island cm punk not and if you recall uh, when cm punk was last in long island he did the local sports town heat so will he get booed should be interesting and then John Silver, good friends with champion Hangman Adam Page. So how does that work, right? Does CM Punk maybe beat John Silver, then takes it a little bit too far? Wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't hate it. So that's going to be an interesting match. We'll see what happens there, and then we get into the main event. And this was misplaced. I'm I'm a huge fan that. Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor. I'm a huge fan of Ring of Honor being a place where we can see new talent and then some of the talent in AEW not be used, but then go down to Ring of Honor to have uh, more interesting stories. Love all of that. But for AEW Dynamite to main event an episode to unify the Women's Championship between Deanna Perrazzo, who I've never seen, I'm an AEW fan, right? I watch AEW. I'm aware of Impact. Obviously, I'm aware of other promotions. I've seen her, again, on my Twitter timeline because of similar likes. You know, the algorithm puts her uh, on my timeline from, you know, time to time. But I don't know her. I don't know her. And so she walks out and takes on Mercedes Martinez, who I've seen in Dynamite, five times, four times, and I'm not sure I've seen her win a match, and that's the main event? Huh? What? Like, I and again, I know that we've done in the past two unknowns get the time to tell a good match, and then now they're stars. And that could have happened, but it didn't. And this was underwhelming. It just, They had good chemistry. It was a fine match. But I couldn't have cared any less. It was just vanilla. And so Mercedes Martinez becomes your uh, undisputed ring of honor women's champion. Cool. And that's how the show ended. Not the greatest. Not the greatest. Now, you know being monday morning quarterback if i had all of those segments how would i end it probably with ray phoenix and dante martin you know i think that would have been a good uh closer or you go back to the top of the show uh with jeff hardy and bobby fish and then you have undisputed elite come out you have Matt Hardy, Sting, and Darby come out and you have a fist fight, a pull apart that ends the episode, that would have been fine. Uh, But the way they did it, not the greatest. Now, with that being said, they did lead to some great things next week. And again, in Long Island, contract signing, MJF Wardlow, what will that be? CM Punk versus John Silver. John Silver, the hometown kid. What will that be? Hangman with fire that we haven't seen in ages talking his shit on CM Punk. Does he believe himself? Does he act out? Does he cost CM Punk the match against John Silver? We shall see. So there are elements that I am excited to see next week. So this, again, was a very good episode. Way better than anything WWE puts on, to be honest with you. Although Raw's getting a little bit better. I will say that. I'm not going to fully shit on him, but AW still head and shoulders above everything WWE's doing. But this, again, wasn't the top-notch show. Still entertaining. So let's now, we're at the 40-minute mark, so you know what time it is. It's WWE time. Let's talk about WrestleMania Backlash. because your SEO will be so much better if you throw the word WrestleMania in front of it. So let's do WrestleMania Backlash. And then next month, let's do WrestleMania TLC. And then let's do WrestleMania Raw and WrestleMania SmackDown. And then when it is WrestleMania, let's call it WrestleMania WrestleMania. Right? I'm not trying to be the biggest jerk in the world, but I ain't saying WrestleMania backlash makes me want to tune in anymore. And it just sounds dumb. But let's talk about it. Uh, I've got the match card pulled up here from WWE. Again, we record this on a Thursday night. So if anything is added, I didn't know about it. So I'm not going to predict or talk about it. So what we've got first, Happy Corbin versus Mad Cat Moss. Who gives a shit? That's the take. Who gives a shit? I get it. Mad Cat Moss. Now we're trying to make a baby face. Happy Corbin is the dumbest thing to say. Still. I'm calling him. You know what? I'm calling him Baron. Baron Corbin. I'm not calling him happy Corbin. Not a fucking infant over here. See how my mood changes when I talk about WWE because they insult our intelligence. They do. And so anyhow, Mad Cat Moss. You know what? Double DQ. I hope they both knock each other out. Stupid. Uh, I don't care. If you care about it, don't listen to this podcast because you're an idiot. Um, Sorry, but it's the truth. Uh, Let's move on. Bobby Lashley versus Amos. Now, the WrestleMania match wasn't the greatest thing in the world. It was fine. It was serviceable, right? Big man finally loses to Bobby Lashley, who looks like an action figure. I get it. And the intriguing part here is Bobby Lashley lost MVP, MVP has joined with Amos. Does that now help Amos overtake Bobby Lashley? I, this is okay. This is a pay-per-view, you know, a B-level pay-per-view quality match. So this is this is where it should be early on in the show, again, from this layout on WWE. I think Amos gets the win. I think we're going to do that 50-50 pay-per-view booking. Maybe at the next one, then we get a page match or some type of gimmick match to have the blow off. Uh, but to get to that point, you have to have almost win something. Uh, so I think maybe MVP uh, interference costs Bobby Lashley the match, almost gets the win. And then again, maybe MVP in a shark tank like they did with Enzo a couple of years ago, uh, something like that. But yeah, got almost winning that. Next up, we have AJ Styles taking on Edge, Damian Priest. Is barred from ringside. So if you saw this on Raw, you saw you saw that Finn Balor came out and we had a little rubber band club reunion. Pew pew. Look at that. Ooh, look at my hands. I do this and you do that. That's fun. Woo, woo, woo. Okay. It happened. Uh they did it. So do they do it again? I don't know. Does ooh. Does Finn Balor join Edge? Right? He would fit. You got Damian Priest. You got Edge as the ringleader. You got Finn Balor who's just, you know, sitting in the corner, not doing anything. Maybe a heel turn on uh AJ Styles, him joining the House of Purple, uh Edge. I wouldn't hate that. Um, you know what? That's what I'm gonna say happens. Let's let's be a little fun here, right? I think they got to do something fun on this crap pay-per-view. Uh, so yeah, I have Edge winning because Damian Priest is barred from ringside. So then Finn Balor comes out because he's not barred from ringside. And he costs AJ Styles the match and joins the House of Purple or whatever the fuck they're calling Edge's uh, faction. And Edge gets the victory. That seems fun. All right, then we get Cody Rhodes taking on Seth Rollins. No okay. game. look, th- each week they're doing fun things. They're telling good, interesting stories that are advancing the story to the next week. Seth Rollins uh, calling Cody Rhodes his father, the great late uh, legend, Dusty Rhodes, uh, a loser essentially said he could never win the big one kind of thing. Uh, okay, all right, that, that pisses off a son. I get it. Um, but I don't know. Really, we're like. I think I told you guys this before, but I'll say it again here, just for any time, any of those new time listeners. The the interesting part about Cody in the iteration that he's in is that he was the I can make it on my own. I don't need the machine to be a star. And I thought that was always the most interesting part of his babyface run in AEW. Is he was saying I can be this. I was never. I was never uh, given the opportunity to be this character. And now you can see it. And I think this will get me over. And to a certain extent, it did. But now that you're back in the machine and you're still doing the, I can make it on my own kind of thing. It's like, well, no, you fucking can't, bud. You're in the machine now. You're getting the push. Now, cool. You're getting the thing you wanted. But for me as the viewer, I'm not getting behind it. Because, you know, you did the Kevin Durant, right? Kevin Durant down, or uh, excuse me, up 3-1 in the playoffs. Uh, Golden State comes back to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. What does Kevin Durant do the next year? He joins uh, Golden State Warriors. So it's like, it's kind of what Cody did, right? Where Cody was like, I can do this on my own. Let's go up against the big monster that is WWE. He tried, he did well. Uh, But then when he kind of ran his course in AEW, he's like, well, let me join them. And I don't think that's a babyface thing. So I don't care if he wins or loses right now in this iteration. And I've told you before, I think he's a better heel than he is babyface. So let's get him there quicker than what he is doing right now. And then for Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins is fine. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, though, irritate me right now because it's the same character. It's the let's wear stupid stuff. You know, it's stupid, but I'm gonna act like it's not stupid. And then let me laugh for no fucking reason because apparently I have a tick or I'm the Riddler or whatever the fucking reasoning is, but like it both of them are the same person and neither one is that interesting. So how about one of them do something different? And Seth, you've been doing it longer than Becky, so it's time for you to switch it up. That's what I'll say about that. Now, for a prediction of the match, I got Cody. I think he still keeps it going. And then Seth, you know, he can lose. He can lose 10, 15 matches in a row and still be fine. Uh, but Cody has to be the baby face that goes after Roman in, you know, due time, I think. So that's what I have there. Uh, okay. What do we have next here? Oh, the SmackDown women's championship. I quit match. And that's what I say. When I see this program, I quit. Uh, but it's Charlotte flair taking on Ronda Rousey. Another one again, Ronda Rousey, you are not likable. And when she was at her most popular, you know, height, of a pop culture relevant person in the UFC, she wasn't necessarily liked, right? People kind of were pissed that she wouldn't shake Misha, T- Misha Tate's hand, uh, not Tate, Misha Tate's hand after she barred her. Or she didn't like, you know, people, the general public didn't like the snarl. Some people did, right? She was a polarizing figure, but she wasn't this shake the hands, kiss the babies, all-American lady. She had some grit to her. She had some fire, some some tenacity, some push you in the back because you're in my way kind of feeling to her. And now she's in WWE cutting promos by herself, which she has mumble mouth. I have it a little bit tonight, but she has mumble mouth to the 10th degree. Sounds like peanut butter is stuck to the roof of her mouth, and I don't care to hear her. And then you got Charlotte, who's great as a unlikable heel, because I also think she's an unlikable person. Never met her. I'm just saying from what I see, maybe she's awesome. Andrade loves her. So, you know, not saying it's the worst thing in the world, but I don't like her. So you got two unlikable people in an I quit match. And like I said, when I see this, I say I quit. Uh, With that being said, Ronda gets the title, I think. Charlotte's had it long enough. She's had, what, 32 uh, title reigns. Let's add 33 here in nine months. So she's got to lose it to get it again. Uh, So I got Ronda Rousey winning that. And then in the main event, I believe, again, according to WWE.com, which I'm looking at right now, it's the six-man tag team match. Initially, it was going to be a unification match, which was way more interesting, but now it's a six-man match because it got to have Roman Reigns pose. Uh, but nonetheless, it's Drew McIntyre, SmackDown, uh, with the Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro, taking on the Undisputed and WWE Universal, whatever the fuck we're calling him. He's the champion of the champions, uh, Roman Reigns, and the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos. Okay, that you're going to end this pay-per-view with a house show six-man tag? That's what you're telling me? It was way more interesting, a unification match with the Usos and RK-Bro. Why Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns had to be put into this match kind of unnecessarily is beyond me. I don't know why we did it, but we did it. And so now we're here and I don't care. It's a house show six-man tag. The Bloodline wins. Roman and the Usos win. Or uh, Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro win because of disqualification. But, like, nothing gets resolved. It's just, you know, the wheels on the train keep going, and that's what's going to happen here. And so that's the pay-per-view. Again, according to WWE.com on a Thursday night, So we haven't got to SmackDown. So maybe some matches get added there. Um, But a little underwhelming, going to be honest with you. I think the most interesting thing on the pay-per-view is going to be that AJ Styles Edge match. They've obviously can put on a great match. Um, But I think from a storyline perspective, I'm the most interested in that. Everything else, don't care. Don't care. But we hope you care. And we hope you care about pro wrestling. And we hope you care about the Spanish announce table. If you like this episode and if you like Tim and I, please go to Spanish donate a dollar that helps with keeping the lights on here at the podcast uh, helps us keep talking in your ear hole. Uh, so do that. And until next time we will be back next week. Hopefully Tim will be able to join then. Cause again, like I said, he's got some things he's taken care of uh, doing some adult grown-up shit. So, Credit to him, but uh, yeah, next week hopefully he'll be here as well. If not, I'll be talking in your ear hole again. Uh, you can check out the YouTube page and look at all my cool, uh, fun things behind me. There's Eddie Kingston, there's uh, Patrick Mahomes, there's you know Randy Couture. We got fun stuff for your for your eyes as well if you watch the YouTube channel. Uh, so until then, I hope you have a great, great night. And bye. The Spanish announce table.